1: You are listening to Claret & Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello and welcome back to the Claret Blue podcast. My name is Dan Rowlands and I'm joined once again by John Townley. John, how are you?
0: <laughs> I'm well, thank
1: you. Yeah, yeah, doing good. <laughs> good. Uh, today's episode, I don't know what the, the final title is here, but I, I've got it down in front of me. Unai Emery's five-step plan to European glory with Aston Villa. So we're going to go through these in order from one to five they're not in any order of importance and these are just five steps that we thought of if you're watching this and disagree with anything or think there's other things Villa need to do to make that step from mid-table to sixth let us know in the comments below number one consistency massive isn't it if you want to achieve anything in football you can't be this hit and miss club where you win a couple lose a couple you've got to be consistent over the course of a season
0: yeah we spoke after the uh, win over tottenham the 2 one over Tottenham and it was in January, I think it was January. Um, and it was like uh, what do Villa need to do in 2023 to be better. And the first thing that was said was like, yeah, consistency. It kind of, I don't know if that's like a, almost a bit of a cheek, it kind of covers a few things. But the main point is that, yeah, it's simple. The Villa need to, as we have been under Emery, to be fair, for the most part, um, obviously we had that Leicester defeat and then we def- uh, obviously lost two more against City and Arsenal. But at the same time, so well, those two teams are the best teams in Europe. Um, not Leicester, the <laughs> Arsenal and uh, City. But the Leicester defeat was a bad one. Like, the, they are a very poor team. Um, good, some good players, but they're a poor team at the moment. Would you rather lose that game making bad mistakes that we, we know we can fix? Yeah. You know, no one wants to lose the game, but as long as it wasn't us being dominated at Villa Park to a mm-hmm. team that weren't very good, you know? So I think it was one of those where it was like, oh, we're just going to have to get over that and hopefully next year that doesn't happen. Um, we always start the season losing to a newly promoted team. It's beating teams that you have to beat. And to be fair, I think Villa have sort of nailed that now. We, we seem to be beating teams, I, I know we drew to West Ham, but they're not necessarily, I know they're down there, but they do have good players. We seem to be sort of wiping the floor with, you know, Everton 2-0 away, no problem, even though they had dice and, you know, a good bounce. Bournemouth, they beat Liverpool at home and haven't been horrific in the last six or seven games, beat Wolves away come to Villa Park and get toasted 3-0 um, those are the teams I know that sounds a bit big headed for us but like we are that team now and that's what we've, got bit, we've got to get used to it like we can be not cocky about it we need to respect our opponents but at the same time if you want to get top six you've got to beat them there's no you know draws here and there you, you beat those teams home and away try and get what you can against the teams you're competing with for European football but ultimately you need a good home f- record and a good away record and that's what's going to get you top six
1: I suppose the point that we've put consistency down is that it's all well and good doing that over 14 games so far you've got to do it over the next 10 or so games left in the Premier League depending on when this comes out and if there's been games played um, and the following 38 games next season you've got to be more level across the season rather than so up and
0: down. We're not going to go a whole season unbeaten but you know we we lose to Leicester and then it's like well how are we going to react well with City away it's almost a bit of a write-off let's be honest but then Arsenal at home we did react well and if that isn't Arsenal we beat them you know or we probably should have beat them when it is Arsenal so like I think it's encouraging that we have been consistent under Emery, and even when we haven't got the results that we wanted, like Liverpool, for example, at home, 3 1, that wasn't a. You know, we probably should have done better there. And then the week after, we bounced back. and So it's like a. We have been consistent, even when we have lost a game, because you we, will do that in a season, right? We have reacted well, which is encouraging. I think the only sort of question mark, and I don't want to sort of spend too much time on it, but Emery has usually started well at its clubs. Um, I think then it's a sort of thing of will the players still you know, want to do what he wants. Uh, That's the sort of, not fear or worry, but I don't think we're going to, for example, if we take our last 10 games, if we did that again then our next 10 games, we'd probably get Europe this season. Probably won't happen though, so it's like a, There will be a period where we don't get as many points and stuff, and that might happen next season as well. But as long as we are bounce back and get the points that we need over the course of the season, that's the main goal. It's not going five games, winning, uh, losing. That's the sort of thing we have been doing. So yeah, consistency, but also we know we're not going to be unbeaten. It's just it's getting back in the saddle and continuing as, as as we were.
1: Number two on this list is very similar to what we've just spoken about really. It's sort the Villa Park form. By the time I come to edit this, I've probably head, headed these things better. Sort Villa Park form is such a horrible way to say it. The ones we've just mentioned there, Watford at home, Wolves at home, Leicester at home, conceding four, that's three off the top of our head in the first three or four minutes of this conversation. You could think of another four or five over the last couple of seasons that results like that, if you want to get into top six, yes, you're going to get bad results here and there. But at home specifically, that's your fortress, isn't it? That's where you want to be winning. 10 games at home or or something like getting the bulk of your points at home that's what it should be we've been good on the road you've got to now translate that into Villa Park
0: yeah and we've started seeing signs that we are I think it was Bournemouth we played and could have won that at any school line really Palace was similar there was um, they don't tend to concede a lot of goals no they lost to Arsenal by by a decent amount, but they never really concede more than twice in a game. But we were you know, clearly going to win that, and so we, we haven't really. I know there's two struggling teams, but we, I do think at home we will get it right. I'm actually more, I'm more just pleased that away from home we look very good because if you're going to sort, if you're going to, if you want one thing, I know your home form needs to be good, but the away form is always going to probably let most clubs down. Yeah. So.
1: If we've already got that, sorting the exactly, home forms should
0: yeah. be easier. Yeah, and I, I think we'll get there. We're obviously going to we'll touch on it, but we'll recruit in the summer. Um, Villa Park can be a fortress. We know it can. Most players, or most Villa players, or like Danny Ings when he left, or before he left, said like, "Oh, the Villa Park is genuinely a 12th man Like they don't quite realise it sometimes. Like I'm sure now he's gone to West Ham, he thinks, "Oh, the London Stadium probably can't be a 12th man and that's you know, I'm sure West Ham fans probably agree with that. It's, it's <laughs> like a we really can use that in our advantage and I think the more we play well the better the atmosphere gets the better it all sort of just comes together so um yeah sorting Villa Park home for me is massively important but I think I think that'll be alright I'm not
1: particularly worried about that 1 and 2 on this list should come hand in hand really if, Hopefully, if yeah. things work out how oh, you expect them yeah. to number 3 again I don't know why I've written these notes so poorly I've just put <laughs> smash, <recruitments. laughs>
0: smash recruitment smash <laughs> recruitment by, by which I mean, yeah.
1: by which I mean recruit well and get good players and you know hockey. Keep hold of your good players and make sure. Again, it's 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 easy to say. Oh, make sure you sign good players. But you know, if this is a crucial transfer window coming up, and we sign three players for fifty million, and they don't work, next season's uh, objective to get into European football is going to be a lot harder because of that summer recruitment.
0: It's almost like a bit of a tipping point recruitment for us at the moment because you say if we spend eighty million on three players. and they are—they um, don't make us any better. Let's say that, then we I think we'd be further behind than what we are now because then you have three players who have just joined, who aren't settled, blah, blah, whatever it may be. So you, we do need to get it bang on and I know we have wealthy owners and we can afford to spend big money in transfer windows but we can't spend if we're competing with uh, Newcastle who spent 70 million on Isaac and I know they can't spend that all the time because of FFP and stuff. Uh Chelsea who are spending nearly like half a billion quid in a window. We can't spend 80 million on a player that would like to join those teams. Um, so we have to box clever. We need to our recruitment has to be good. We have to sign players who are about what like 40 million which sounds like a lot of money but like Lucas Paqueta, for example, is a good player, but he goes to West Ham and does absolutely nothing. <laughs> like West Ham spent like 100. West Ham were in the top six last season. I think I'm right in saying or the top seven. They're in European football and European like final, aren't they? Exactly. That, so that's the base of a squad that's clearly good. They didn't lose anyone. They kept Rice. That's the base of a squad that they know they can do that again. So they spend 120 million or whatever it was on you Kane, know, Skamaka, Paqueta. That's the ex- exact. Exact example of what can happen now they're in the bottom three of you know, there's obviously different reasons, like Moise hasn't been you know, particularly loved at the moment, but that's c- what can happen if you get it wrong, if you get it right, then you're looking you know, the other way, and that's what we need to do basically. We, we can't spend loads of money on one player or on several players, but we can do it well you know and I trust Emory like for example, Moreno, I think is a really good player. We buy him for about 13 million I'd much rather do that than spend 30 million yeah. on a player. Well, that's the sort of you know, again, not to bash the player, but don't have to put it. But that's the sort of thing that I'm talking about. Like Moreno comes in for half the price, and I know it's an Emery signing, but the point being that if Emery can recruit that sort of player and improve us, really improve his team, then financial spend is
1: almost irrelevant if the squad is better of it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I'd rather spend. Whatever Emery wants, we need to give him, basically, is what I'm trying to, or at least providing with something that resembles that. We, I don't think we can give Emery players and say, oh, can you make this work? It needs to be on Emery's terms, and that's how we're going to um, improve the team and get to where we need to be. If we start giving him players that are 40-50 million, that, yeah, they look good. Like For example, um, Pedro gonzalez I don't know if that's a player that Emery wants to sign, but if it's a player that Villa are putting towards him, I'd be like, well, I know he's a good player, but if Emery's Want something else? We'll go with whatever. It's, do you know? It might be a play that Emery wants. I'm just talking out loud, but that's the sort of thing we need to do. We need to be very clever with how we recruit because if we get it wrong, we'll be backwards, yeah. and if we get it right, we'll go forwards, So it's uh, it's one of the. It it sounds simple, but it's yeah. obviously quite complex. So.
1: I'm smoking all the way through there because I'm just looking at number four, and we were speaking on WhatsApp before we were working out what you know what was just kind of content we were going to shoot today. Can you explain what you mean by let him cook?
0: Let him cook is. Let him do his thing. Like, this guy, Emery, this guy, <laughs> Emery, This guy,
1: Emery, let him cook, man. What does that
0: mean? <laughs> what we turn into. We know what Emery is. He is a, a serial winner in terms of European competitions. He isn't a manager who's gone into, uh, to, I know he's gone into PSG and Arsenal, but Arsenal weren't on the top of the Premier League. Yeah. He's a manager who, I'm not trying to say sells for second best, but he would rather work in a project and work, you know, at Seville, uh, Villarreal, Valencia, teams like that. I know they're all Spanish, but Villa's in terms of club profile, club profile in those leagues, Villa are the sort of replica, right? As our Newcastle, we didn't take over Newcastle for different reasons. Um, so we need to, we just give him the tools, let him do his thing. And I remember saying similar about Gerrard and the start of this season. But that's not because I was judging Gerrard as good as Emery, of course not. But it was the point of we need stability. If we're going to get anywhere, you give the manager time. And I'm glad that there isn't even a. I personally don't think there would even be a conversation about Emery. Um, you know, if we lose five games in a row, or whatever, obviously it'd be like, oh, what's going on? But I don't think there would be a, you know, this isn't working or whatever. Whereas it would have, as it was with Gerard and Smith. Now we've got a top-class manager who's in, you know, the elite bracket. Really, um, I said at the start of the season, Gerard needs a full season to do his thing, and clearly that didn't work out well. But we absolutely mean it now, and I know we've been saying it for a long time. Oh, we've been talking about Europe for ages and whatever it may be, but. This is a genuinely, <laughs> this is it now. <laughs> this next season is the season where we do and we should compete. Um, and even if we don't keep Emery, like there's no, you you just got to back him. And I, I mean, back in terms of funds, um, players, whatever it may be from the stands, all of that, because we know we can do it. He's done it for 15 years. This is the first time in 15 years that he's had training Saturday to Saturday because he's been European, been in European competition, so like it's, the more you think about it, the more it's like, how did we pull it off, sort of thing, from where we came from. and That's why I'm so glad that he's with us, because it's like he genuinely wants to be here. It's not just, uh, I don't know, if we had Poch or something, you'd be thinking, oh, Real Madrid want a manager or whatever it may be and he, he might want to go in there. M- Emery's like, now, nah, this project is mine and I've been sort of, not scarred by Arsenal or PSG, but he knows that those clubs aren't for him. Even though he's good enough to manage them, and I know they didn't get the results and stuff, but actually he did well at Arsenal, if you look at it. Um, There was something to do with PSG, some sort of stat that I can't remember that he did well in. But, um, yeah, we need to back him, continue backing him, and don't stop backing him (laughs) until he wants to leave. That's that's the facts of it. Let him cook.
1: Yeah, let him cook, let him do his thing. Number five. On the uh, five-step guide to uh, European football, European glory, whatever the title is, win the FA Cup. (laughs) If you can't get sixth place or seventh place or whatever gets into European competition these days, win the FA Cup. That gets you into the Europa League, doesn't it? This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavour and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Um, win a trophy That's a big thing For for Villa It's a big thing For for an Aston Villa manager It's been what, 26, 27, 28 years Since Villa have Last won a trophy It was 1996 wasn't it So whatever the maths is on that Can't win one in 2023 So it'll be 2024 The earliest We can win a trophy So what's that 28 years that me, 28 years I think <laughs> So Just winning a trophy Would be an unbelievable achievement In itself the fact that, that triggers European football as well, even if you don't finish in the top six, is a massive bonus of Villa if it was to happen next year. So. Be consistent, sort your home form, smash the recruitment, let him cook and win a trophy, and that's European football secured.
0: Yeah, well, if you do all of them, yeah, I mean, that one's quite nice because if you do just one of those, which is win the FA Cup, then then, then we're in there. Um, Obviously, we want to have a good season as well, like as a, as a league campaign, but obviously, you know, winning a trophy is winning a trophy itself, but to get into Europe, it's quite literally a plan to get into Europe, would be winning the FA Cup, or I think the Carabao Cup would get you in the conference, maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's just, yeah, it changed last year and it's. We should probably know. um but yeah, winning a trophy speaks for itself. Emery wants to do it; the players want to do it as well. Yeah, Martinez, uh, yeah, I presume all of them do as well. Like, yeah.
1: Imagine if there was players on the list that didn't want to win a trophy.
0: Exactly, if actually. But I mean, in terms of their futures as well, you know, if we're if we're not knocking on doors and stuff, then all of a sudden you're looking at the top players that we have and they're questioning it a little bit, um, especially because they've. You know they look at Emery now and say, "Oh, well Villa have everything now?" So let's—I'll give him another year or two to see how it goes. If it doesn't go as well as we hope, then we can't begrudge anyone sort of leaving. But while we have the opportunity to do it, it feels like a real sort of moment now that we can not only compete for European football but win an FA Cup. And I wouldn't even be scared about—obviously, you want a a nice draw—but I wouldn't even be scared about facing some top teams in the cup because I I just feel like we want it more than anyone now. Um, I know that sounds a bit weird because. Every club wants to win a trophy, but us, Everton, Newcastle, etc. It's been so long, I and mean, Newcastle, and a bit longer, to be fair. But do you know what I mean? Like it's, I think you know us and Newcastle. Let's say we are desperate yeah. to win silver and that's why I was. Um, that's why they've sort of put everything into that Carabao Cup, and the final obviously was sort of didn't work out for them for different reasons. But that would have been massive for them, as it would have been for us, and. I know they've got back in to win the Premier League but for us it would be just as big because it's like a moment of oh, phew, like relief that we've finally done it, relief that it's all kind of come off and that we're, we are there now and we can continue. Like Teams like Leicester won the FA Cup a couple of years ago and whatnot, but they don't have the, the infrastructure or manager or whatever it may be to continue doing that. We want to win the FA Cup and Cups and qualify Europe. Qualify, qualify for Europe, and then do it again, and again, and again. We want to stick there. You know, it, it's like a top six plus Newcastle plus Villa. Hopefully, but that's the way football goes. There's different sort of ups and downs, and we want to sort of ride the uh, crest of a wave that we are at the moment. Hopefully, and you know, windchill, with it.
1: Obviously, in these kind of videos, we're talking hypotheticals. We're trying to predict the future. But the more you talk about the kind of this kind of trajectory that Villa are on, it, it kind of. I know I'm asking you to like envisage the future, but if you have all these steps in front of you, it's difficult to look that far ahead and go there isn't success at the end of all that because it's heading towards that? Do you know what I mean? To have a good manager, a good set of players, and to maybe do some of these things on the list. If you play well at home, you have a good summer window, you're far in the FA Cup. If I keep going further and further down this table, how is there not success down the end? Do you know what I mean? Because it's all heading towards that way.
0: It, it's heading towards that way. But again, I do think it's, There's no
1: guarantees in football, which is difficult, yeah. aren't I know.
0: And it's still, still early with 14 games into Emery's reign or whatever it may be plus competitions um i think really you you want to pick out the main points in that list like what's going to make us more sustainable in terms of competing for europe all the time not just once like west or twice like west Ham, and then fighting relegation or leicester Wolves, yeah, walls, exactly and that, that's the battle that we're trying to play with i think we have the infrastructure and stuff to make that work and we can stick there but that completely relies on recruitment for me like i I do think that home form and consistency that sort of stuff that will come with better players all of that comes with recruitment and our squad is good enough to compete for European football, maybe just because we've shown over the last 11 or so games that we can uh, and we could do this season if we you know, continue that. The added bit of quality in two, three positions, that's what's going to make us genuine contenders consistently and yeah. recruitment this summer, then next summer, then the summer after that, it's, it's a continuous thing and that's why it's so important. I think everything else you know, comes after that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, if anything, everything comes after letting cook. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. I mean, yeah, that—that that is the title of the uh, title of the piece. Um, but yeah, recruitment's massive. We need uh, the players that we need. The players that we're going to bring in—they they have to be um, not just good enough, but good enough to fit into Emery's system and how he wants to play. That's the key thing for me. It's not just buying, a, um, you know, name a twenty-goal striker, whatever it may be. Uh, I don't know. I Tammy Abraham, I know hasn't scored too many goals this season, but it's Tammy Abraham. If he's a striker, we're looking at well. Does Emory want him? Yeah. Like it, does he fit? Does he link with Watkins well? Or is it actually going to be a more diminutive player who's uh, more like a winger as we've played with like Wendy and Bailey. Like what does he actually want? Does he want a strike or a... so it's those sort of conversations need to be had and there has to be the right player for obviously the right money, but luckily for us, money and, and wages and Talking to players, as we did with Kamara and stuff, that's not a, a problem. We have the ambitions and players. Yeah. We clearly say stuff to players and Emery. Um, here's the plan and they like it. They don't just think, oh, I don't know, that's lip service. There's clearly something there. Recruitment for me is uh, is massive. We don't have to spend £150 million every summer. We can spend 80 and if three of those players are what Emery wants, then we are letting him cook, so it's fine.
1: All right, that's our list for how Aston Villa really get back into European football slash European glory slash whatever the title of this is. Look, like this is a a haphazard list, but the, the the bulk of the overall we points need, are there.
0: We, we do need more though, because we were struggling, weren't we? For. I say, struggling. We wanted to add a bit more to that list, so in the comments, I think we need to. Yeah,
1: there'll be there'll be suggestions out there. People say, What about this? And we go, Oh, yeah, we probably should have mentioned that. So do let us know. Hopefully, you've enjoyed this kind of short form content that we've been putting out recently. Thanks, John, for your insight as ever. Um, we'll be back with plenty more stuff on Clareton Blue, so stay tuned and we'll see you again very, very soon. Thank you for listening to Clareton Blue and Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the villa.